Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, here with a brief introduction before today's stunning beginning to damn dirty April. That's right. This April, we're going through the entire franchise uh, of Planet of the Apes. Every single movie. Today, uh, I hope you enjoyed Planet of the Apes, right? Yesterday. Today, you will be getting Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Uh, kind of the same movie, but with some super weird science fiction uh, mayonnaise on it. Very strange movie uh, that is adorable in its own way. Very endearing in its own way. Now, if you want to get every episode this month as part of our Patreon exclusives, uh, you got to go over there, man. Patreon.com slash Pod. So, number four, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, the second Andy Circus, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and Maki Mark will be our feature-length commentary this month. So if you want the maximum amount of apes in your life and the Film Alchemist podcast in your life, go to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. We appreciate it so much that you guys support us. You can also leave five-star ratings and reviews on all your apps. You can also specifically invite your friends to join us in this madhouse. Uh, but more than anything, guys, we just hope... You enjoy your time. Make sure you go check out Jay Rollins' art everywhere on social media. I personally have had some artwork done by Jay. Uh, he's done the amazing image that we are using to promote this month. He's a wonderful man, a wonderful artist, and we love talking with him very much. So without any more yapping, beneath the planets of the apes. Bye. I can't help thinking somewhere in the universe there has to be something better than man. Not like what you find. You blew it up! God damn you! God damn you all hell! It's a madhouse! A madhouse! Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty... April! I'm just kidding, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys we are uh we are back we are back with uh beneath the planet of the apes continuing our damn dirty april marathon joined again by our friend and co-host for this journey jay rollins welcome well thank you may the bomb provide that's right may the bomb provide, may the bomb um, provide. and may the bomb provide a little more narrative help next time uh is what <laughs> i would say for this um Beneath the Planet of the Apes is a strange movie because it's essentially 15 minutes long. Yes. Agreed. Yes. It's a retelling of the Planet of the Apes film that we all loved and watched with a wish.com Charlton Heston. <laughs> that Then it takes just an abrupt, ridiculous, hard sci-fi turn for the ending. Um, I think what I take away from this movie is I just love that it is so fucking bizarre. Yeah. So let's kick it to Jay. Jay, opening thoughts on uh, Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Uh, I said this a little bit before we started, but uh, I remember it being better. And it's because the last... <laughs> and yeah. It's, the, it's because of the last 20 minutes. The last 20 minutes is the full narrative. It's the, it's the worship of the bomb. It's Zardoz of the Apes. Um, <laughs> it's... But, like, the whole... Like, I 
am <laughs> you don't need Brent. No. I like like his reaction to seeing a payphone and being like, my God, you blew it up. Like, what the <laughs> point? What's the point? And it, that was yeah. literally the halfway mark of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Where he we're like, now we're all caught up. Right. Where he's all caught up. We already know. We just redid the first movie. Yeah, but bad. Oh, wow. And he well, what's weird is you redo the movie, but like in reverse somehow, like because like by the time you get to by the time they get back to Ape City and this is actually which is what Brent named it, by the way. Yeah, I just got back from Ape City. Nobody told him that this is like probably <laughs> this is probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. Like, again, I, like I love Beneath the Planet of the Apes simply because it makes no sense. Like it is like. Truly and honestly, until the last 15 minutes of the movie, you're like, is this like a, just a documentary or something like that? Someone leave the camera on after they finished the last one and some guy walked up. He says, huh, interesting. I guess I could make something out of this. But because the scene, I told Groovy this before the pod, it's when he's, uh, the first time he comes upon Ape City and when like Ursus is given a big speech about like, let's, yeah. forbid, let's um, invade the Forbidden Zone for absolutely no reason other than just food like all right, whatever they're starving yeah so he's giving this big speech and then it cuts back to james franciscus and he's like my god it's and i swear to god every time i've seen this movie enough to know what the line is i want him every time to deadpan turn to the cameras go it's a planet of the apes <laughs> and, and i'm like every time i know he's i know what he's gonna say but i'm like come on bro i know you're gonna do this like let's just let's get it going yeah see that was the thing they they added ursus which i thought was a cool character right because in the first one the gorillas are just our jackbooted thugs mm -hmm. right yeah yeah mm -hmm. this one seeing ursus who's now seen their society have to deal with a tailor right dealing with starvation he's like i'm gonna take military power right what he says in the end only power matters right right he's doing this like you know nuremberg rally a oh, good humans a dead a dead humans a good human all this shit i thought that was great mm -hmm. seeing them fucking overrun the uh the chimpanzee protesters really cool i was like all right this is not bad because i think the problem with this one is they they lost that pointed kind of you know examination of society right there's flashes of it in this, but they are fucking rare, right? They're the useless parsley on top of the otherwise odd movie. Well, there's like um, two. So they, there's like there's zero. There's like two social commentary subplots they're trying, but mm -hmm. never actually get there. That's what's going on. Yeah, I think yeah, the very uh, end it gets there like right a over. little bit, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the second. Oh, sorry, there's two subplots. One of which is like. One of which never comes to fruition, which is the ape, the apes invading the Forbidden Zone. And the second one happens in the last 15 minutes. We're like, we got to get in this movie. My God. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, no. It's now. They, uh. Holy shit. You see what time it was? We got to finish this flick. Yeah. They, this. Have you guys seen any food here in the Forbidden Zone? I'm confused. <laughs> this was a good enough premise. If, if you just like, first of all, the opening, they, whoever, like, put this movie together didn't understand a lot of stuff from the first movie yeah. um so like the end this, this is a big swing <laughs> but like okay brent is on a rescue mission yeah to save taylor no he's not what what 
he went on a mission to find another planet and when you go faster than light you go into the future in time i wrote down the he he went into a heflon curve and yeah. that's why he's in the future that's not what that was <laughs> It's like well, that also episode. when he when he hit the when he hit the Hefline curve in the first one, that was his hypothesis, right? So that yeah. took him to somewhere he was not prepared to go, right? So he essentially did a full circle. He went right back to Earth. Right. So the fact that they were aiming at that is confusing to say the least, right? That they they're like, oh, that must be what happened to him, rather than he just made it to a distant planet, which was his fucking goal, right? Um. Again, I think I think this is just like they're like we need more because again the second part of the movie is just pure fucking schlock, right? It's like it's almost like a 1950s sci-fi movie. Oh, um, totally. So I think they're like we need to keep this this Planet of the Apes thing going that everyone liked, without understanding the impact of the first movie that it was right. not just because there were apes living in houses, right? It was all the other subtext of that. Planet um, of the Zardoz Omega Man. That's it's yeah. <laughs> movies we're making movies we're doing what people like guys it is this like the, like the the mutant thing the like nuclear mutant thing does have this like really shitty omega man vibe like that's the thing that i think hurts the most is because i fucking love the omega man and when you get to that part you're just like dude why are you in like first off it's like the weirdest sarah these these mutants i'm like it should be cold down there. I don't understand why you guys are in these beautiful ceremonial garbs that just like, like I love just, the mutants in this. Honestly, no, I didn't say I didn't like them. I'm saying I don't understand why they're wearing such ornate garbs. Like they should just be pretty much <laughs> naked. I mean, but, yeah, well, okay, neither here nor there. Yeah, well, I so it's the '70s. Come on. <laughs> so the you know we were talking about how the allegory of the first one was class struggle. The allegory of this one is the Cold War. Yeah. And the apes are America. Mm -hmm. uh, militaristic. And the, like, I don't know how the people, I mean, I guess they worship the bomb. Like, the, what they thought what they thought the USSR was is, like, the materialistic apes. What? You, what? No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. They, they're they're kind of... I don't know. I've never seen them like care about material goods up there. Yeah, they're, just they're ranked their based people. on their clothing. This is they live in sort of like a weird communist sort of yeah. pseudo communist. Maybe that's world. what perhaps they, that they is jailed what... protesters. They're very USSR the apes. Yeah, perhaps well, that's what America they... does that too. Yeah, fair enough. True. Also fair. Yeah, perhaps <laughs> perhaps that's what it is. Is like the underground dwellers these mutant people are all in this sort of there is no caste society that they live in they're all the same sort of mutant uh bomb worshiping weirdos right uh, well they all can enter each other's heads so they're kind of a hive mind right right I right think is the theory that's what it is like that's okay. that's yeah, the true that's, okay. that's the true that's communism true. Yeah. really i think yeah mm. it's it's weird though because i i like the idea of this mutant society that grew underground but again, it just it adds all these like weird questions, right? Like they just they had this great thing. They just didn't really like put the effort into like thinking through. So they have this nuke, which somehow was in New York, right? I don't know if we had nukes in the middle of New York City back nobody when it knew went. Where the nuke, nobody knew where the nukes were then. Now right. we all do. So they had malls. this nuke that is at least 2,500 years old. Yeah. 
So the idea that this thing could just be launched, right? Because I thought that was going to be the gag at the end. Because it's like, why wouldn't you launch that as the apes were first like, oh my God, are they framing a two-story launch? You know, like why yeah. let them get as far as they are, right? Like handle that before. Oh my God, is that a Starbucks? Right, and just blow the fucking apes out of the water. Um, so I thought the gag was going to be is that they thought they had this missile, but it didn't do anything, right? right? I think it actually worked really well They de the way they deployed it at the very end. Oh, yeah, with Superman's uh, console. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> with Kal-El. <laughs> or jor -El's just like, well, fuck. Well, fuck it. <laughs> I need to find a new place to traject my son. But they didn't know where the bombs were. They didn't know what they looked like. They didn't know how you launched them. Yeah. They just were making it up as they go. <laughs> I love I love it. Well, the idea, right? The bomb made us. The bomb is this, like, life-giving, peace-giving force, right? It's that Carlin line, right? Making bombs for peace is like fucking for abstinence. Yeah. Right? I was like, that's a pretty good, like, setup they have in the movie. And these, I love the bit where Taylor and them, or Taylor and Wish.com Taylor get locked in the cell together. <laughs> and the dude <laughs> makes them fight, and he's like, we're not bad or warlike people. We have our enemies kill each other. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You guys are both in the military. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right, he's making them, like, he's mind-controlling them to hurt each other. I thought that was a cool idea. Right, but that same guy who makes them fight, right? The gigantic uh, a black guy who lives in the sewer and is telekinetic. Right. At the start, <laughs> he's mad that uh, New Taylor is fucking with him. And so he makes him choke Nova. That's but as dude. he's choking her, pull her up and kiss her. And I was like, dude, this guy's got some kinks he's working out. <laughs> that guy's got There's some, some serious. Because I was like, the choking made sense society. when he's like, now kiss her on the lips as she's taking her last breath. I was like, dude, these fucking mutants are messed up. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about Nova because Nova is from the beginning taking all of this, all of it like a champ. Uh, she's wearing her, her white robes, just like watching these people sing like, this is new. This is some fun. <laughs> like, she's a wild animal. Yeah. Yeah. She should be just climbing the fucking walls. She should be running away. She should be scratching people. Every time Charlton Heston tried to kiss her, she should have been she should have been biting his neck. Absolutely. <laughs> when she saw Heston, Heston fall through the rock, she's just like, hmm. All right. Well, better ride off to get help on my horse. <laughs> <laughs> he fell into a rock, lady. <laughs> there like, is a, No, so like that is bonkers and I love it. Like that should have been the movie. just get brent out of there we don't need a brent man by the start way the movie where it starts although it's so weird right out right after watching the first movie into the beginning of this one where it's like uh zero cornelius untie me <laughs> no you just said well, like, that how... you were gonna put me in jail i don't think i'm untying anybody yeah i'm going into the forbidden zone too bye and then they yeah. run out after taylor because he at the end of the first movie he just said you're going on trial you're going to jail you're you're going right. underground forever and they're like no peace they go what to happened to dr zayas this big ass rock fell on his head it was the damnedest <laughs> thing i have no idea they, <laughs> crazy they find seen. themselves in the new york city subway and cornelius is just like all of this writing all of this infrastructure he was it's true it's all true. Like he, he'd be blown away. It'd be so cool. He's walking down the tunnel and he uh, sees somebody praying. And obviously he thinks it's an ape. And he's like, excuse me, who are you? He turns around and, and, and it's a human and he starts talking and then he starts like me. The apes have yeah. found us. Oh, I shit. also love the, uh, the gorilla skulls are too thick to use our telekinesis. on. <laughs> I was like, that was writing one on one. So like, why don't they just, 
you know, do the mind control body shock to all the gorillas. Uh, their skulls are too thick. Nailed it. This is why we have a writer's room. You killed it. You can also explain. Paul, uh, Lord, great call. You can totally explain Dr. Zayas and the lawmakers' disdain for humans and the buildup of the military, which is like the question I had in the last one, like, what's the military for? You can explain yeah. all of that if the orangutans know that there are super intelligent humans in the Forbidden Zone underground. Right. Well, and I think that, that's, I mean, that's, well, that's what Zay, like, I think Zayas knows for sure. I think Dr. Zayas knows, like, all this shit. I think right. he's now. Little... I think that's what Zayas meant when he said you might not like what you find. I he think that's exactly about the Statue of Liberty. He doesn't know what the Statue of Liberty is. I mean, I think Zayas right. is talking about. I think Zayas was talking about all of it. I think Doctor Zayas is sort of this. Doctor Zayas has explored this whole fucking thing. He's probably not told anyone he's been to the Forbidden Zone like on his own. But I think Doctor Zayas, see, yeah, like this dude is the devil on your shoulder, saying, "Hey, let's fucking go to the Forbidden Zone <laughs> and look at these weird freaks in the in the basement." Well, he's also the one that knew that their their that scene was metal as fuck when they yeah. projected uh, upside down crucified apes in this like uh, hell of fire. I was like, fuck yeah! And the gorilla's like, oh god, it's our god, the lawgiver, he's bleeding, and his his statue's bleeding. I was like, oh fuck yeah, dude! Zeus is the one who's like, it's an image, and rode into the fire. He's also the one that found the little tunnel into the system. Yeah. Right. So, but it stands to reason, right? If there was this nuclear fallout. And somehow these civilized apes were able to survive that and build a society. It stands to reason that some humans also survive that as well. Right? So I love that, that yes. idea of, of Zeus kind of being this in-between. Because even sure. that scene when he's talking to Cornelius and Zira, and he's talking about how he knows that Ursus is a fanatic, right? He knows that he's insane, but he has all this military power. He knows, but he doesn't seem that concerned about it because he still needs it, right? So, again, I think the addition of the guerrilla military and the mutants were great touches. Yeah, the guerrilla terror. <laughs> I thought that was really good, right? But, again, we just had to do this, like, rehashing, right? This, this fucking Shakespeare in the Park version of the first one. Yeah. Because it's like we didn't learn anything new from Brent seeing and reacting the exact, almost beat for beat, line for line, how Charlton Heston reacted. Right. Right? So if you just drop that in... You know, whether it's, you know, Cornelius or Zira or maybe Nova becomes our like POV because she's also having her worldview shattered. Right. Whoever it is, get us to that next step. Right. It would have been nice to have a little bit longer time. How many of these fucking mutants are there? How do they fucking live? Right. right? We see like 10 of them in like two or eight rooms the, in a jail cell. I think the criminal underserved in this movie, because I agree with you, is that we don't have Zira as the main character of this movie because yeah. mm -hmm. the interesting thing about planet of the apes is not humans. Like that has been established every single time they have done one of these, every single time they have done a planet of the apes movie, the apes are the interesting characters in the movies. I almost routinely am uninterested when they focus solely on humans. Now like human ape interaction is always interesting to watch because there's a lot of conversation to be had, but like whenever there's a majority conversation about human life, in these movies, I like I almost check out a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. And that's the problem is we spend so much time with Wish.com, Charlton Heston, who, by the way, James Franciscus clearly refused to do all his own stunts. Because when they're doing <laughs> that padlock, when we're doing that cell chase on the on, on the horseback thing, and I'm like, we keep cutting between green screen and uh green screen and whoever the stunt guy was. 
Like they would. James Francis yeah. was like, guys, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a TV guy. All right, I can't do this. He must have just the thrown budget on this one. Budget on this one must have dropped two point because they had to do that whole crowd scene and everybody looks like a blow up doll. So oh, so you can see, yeah, when there's any ape that's not delivering dialogue, it's rough. Oh yeah, it's like so, Halloween. But again, they probably made three hundred masks and costumes for this. So they originally had a budget of five. I read this. They originally had a budget of five million. <laughs> In the middle of production, it had its budget reduced to two point five because. Oh. They had lost money on Star, Hello Dolly, and Tora, 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 apparently. <laughs> and I didn't know this, but the uh, council chamber for the mutants and the um, temple where the bomb is, is apparently repurposed uh, 42nd Plaza and Harmonia Garden sets from Hello Dolly. <laughs> Jesus. Which is fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's my, get to my my mom has a reason to watch it now. Let's get to Ursus and the Gorillas, right? Because that shot of the the army like mounting up, right? Pretty cool. I thought there were some awesome moments when they were doing their "We're gonna train to kill human" shot as New Taylor and Nova are being rolled through in the cage. Yeah, I thought it was awesome. Like they have a guy who's just practicing like lassoing them with whips and shit. They're diving into dummies. I thought that was amazing, right? I love seeing them on the march. What is Ursus's big game here? Is this his chance to take over the ape society? I think it's an ape society. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, the other thing, too, is, like, Zaius, like, during that speech about, um, you know, the lawgiver and the gods, like, I don't know about you guys, I always feel like Zaius is just, like, rolling his eyes, like, oh, God, these freaks. I'm a scientist. <laughs> And then, but the, the orangutans are in the middle, right? Because they're science yeah, and religion. They're science and religion. But they're not as smart as the scientists, but they're also smarter than the religious fanatics, the gorillas. But I, well, so they're always the in between of the faith. They know that yeah. the faith is all about keeping yeah. the secret. Like, right. the, like the most religious really people are the ones that know it's <laughs> bullshit. Like, yeah. like the pope. The pope probably has less belief in God than any person yeah. that exists. It's a right? real C. It's a real Sea Org <laughs> thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> actually believe in this shit yeah, the pope's just in there in his fucking you know liberace gowns like dude this is a great racket this is a great racket <laughs> that's it's, what Zayas needed he needed some more blinged out robes but I think that like I think what's interesting and for me when you watch it again I, this movie really doesn't kick off until like 40 minutes into the movie but yeah. I really like that essentially the industrial military complex starts becoming like, oh, we'll just do whatever we want. No one's going to argue with us because we can do because we're the fucking military. Like, who's going to say anything? Right. Like, this society is primitive enough where no one's going to argue with us. And the people who do, like, these peaceful chimpanzee protesters are like, don't kill anybody, but just move them out of the way. Like, right. there's there's this sense of, like, we don't need the hippies Fucking yeah. up our shit. We're trying. And they're to making it. real social commentary. I don't know who fucked up this movie. I don't know who. <laughs> um, somebody had something to say. There's stuff in. It. Somebody had something to say. Richard and Zanuck. Richard Zanuck fucked this movie up. Is what it was there, just not explored enough. But I don't know who said like you need a whole half of the movie to be. I mean, I know we keep harping on this, but like you need the first half of the movie to be last week on Planet of the Apes. Just uh, there's, I mean, I can tell you, 
I can tell you from what I've read and from what I what I find interesting about this is for one, Richard Zanuck got fired as the head of the studio at one point in the middle of production of this movie. But for one, Charlton Heston requested to be killed off at the very beginning or they're like, no, nah, we can't really do that. Like, I think this is it's this is like that studio interference story we always see here. But like for me, from a storytelling perspective, what makes Beneath the Planet of the Apes sort of like probably the least watchable one in the original series <laughs> is that they put stock in the wrong pieces of storytelling that mm. what and it's like we all watched it and obviously I wasn't alive then but like we all saw it and we all value the things that Planet of the Apes does and Planet of the Apes says what studio executives at that time maybe were looking at is like oh well Charlton Heston's in the movie that's why people are going to go see this yeah. like that I think is it's it's putting your it's putting the stock in the wrong piece of iconography the iconography yeah, we're like, all watching like, is holy shit this is a society that built themselves like the caste system and these are also apes like this makeup's awesome that kind right. of shit and then when you're what, a kid, no you're one like, went fuck they added mutants this is great right what no <laughs> one went to the original movie going is like did you know that Charlton Heston was in this movie shirtless my god I mean, I mean <laughs> like absolutely nobody went it sorry you're totally like, right. so they got us a new Charlton Heston because they knew that's what the people wanted with a couple more abs and that was it. Yeah, he is a better looking Charlton Heston. He's yeah, still got sure. like he yeah, looks like five like foot eight, so he doesn't eat as much. He he doesn't Petite he doesn't Charlton. look as grizzled as as Charlton, but he does like I looking at his face. I'm like, this man is 35, and then I look at all the creases on his face. What what happened to you? Secrets. I'm yeah, still the, fascinated the 70s, by dude. Yeah, by the aging. Sigs and then. zero SPF, dude. Sigs yeah. Sigs and ribeyes. That's what happened. Uh, my favorite part, though. Uh, when Charlton Heston comes back, when he goes into the cell and he sees Charlton Heston, I do wish he was a little bit crazier. Uh, like, yeah, like full like, on insane. Like just, oh, oh welcome to the madhouse, B-Dog. Oh, yeah, if he was doing, oh, man, if he was doing like uh, Dennis life. Hopper from Apocalypse Now, yeah. I do love that also I'm sure Heston had in his contract, uh, when me and little me have to fight, I want to beat the shit out of him constantly. <laughs> Like he, that whole scene is just Taylor beating the shit out of not Taylor. <laughs> I awesome. love fight choreography from the sixties. Um, the big, big giant swing cowboy punches, the, yeah. uh, the captain Kirk double fisting. On yeah. the neck. You John, can always save yourself by just pushing someone away with your foot. Yeah. John, <laughs> Wayne, always, punch. John Wayne always had the double punch. Like there was this weird, like, one hand, it was like he punched, but his hands stopped the punch for like the he's like, uh, like a he was baseball he was gonna, swing, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it was, yeah. He was like, a, <laughs> it was a baseball swing. You're like, why are you? I, I've seen it in a million John Wayne. He's like, why are you hitting people like that? At what point does that make sense? But yeah, it's a, I agree. Fight choreography, especially good time, and then uh, you know. It's a good setting too, right? The weird, like spiky dildo walls, and yeah, it's awesome. Nova comes in and fucks this guy up. It's just, it's good. I really dig this part of the the movie, right? Yeah, like the end, the back half of this movie is fucking yeah. cool. It's full yeah. of fun stuff, right? Even if it's a little clunky at times, it's fun. Like when they go into the subterranea and we're seeing like remnants of New York City buildings, right? With these wonderful like painted backgrounds, right? Love it. Right, we get in and we we meet the uh, mutants, right? And they they're able to like destroy your body from inside and make you do shit. Awesome, 
Love all that. I love the idea that they think they're this peaceful race, but they're using their powers almost exclusively for evil, right? But again, if that that's the thing that I'm missing, right? Just give me like 20 more minutes of movie where I actually like, you know, it's like the thing they did in uh, The Matrix 2 where, uh, you know, more or Neo can't sleep anymore. So he walks down to the engineering level so we can just see what this city is doing, how it exists, right? right? They have the orgy at the start and then the engineering level. So you're like, okay, I perfectly understand this life, <laughs> right? They don't do this with the mutants. We see the eight yeah. of them, but it's like, how are they procreating for 2,000 years? Do they even have to procreate? What are they eating, right? What do they do to, like, pass the time when there's no one around to right. fucking They're just, taser? It's like they just started existing. That's, like, a bigger thing is, like, exactly. you're just, like, that's, like, the th that's the problem with it is it's, like, a throw-in, and you're, like, there's no justification for why they're here. Thematically, sure. Like, you can make yeah. it up. Like, that's, you know, again, like, the same. it's the same logic you apply to, like, oh, it can't go through ape skulls, this telekinesis somehow. Right. But it does feel like that feels like a throw-in, and it shouldn't because these characters right. are, like, cool and really interesting. And here's the, here's the bigger point, right? They are the society of humans that Charlton Heston wished we would become. Right. Right. They are this utopian human version of what we had. So Charlton Heston's Taylor meeting the people that he wanted us to become and finding that they're still fucking flawed and horrible is perfect for the sequel. Right. Yes. That's exactly what he wanted. He wanted us to be these high minded creatures that didn't kill for game or at least kill each other for sport. Right. There we are. This is exactly what Taylor wanted us to be. There they fucking are. And we don't have maybe not even a second where he's grappling with his his wish. There is an interesting thing to be like, there's stuff if you just do a rewrite, like, or if they had just done a second path, <laughs> like if they can't, if they can't um, control ape minds, that'd be really interesting. Like if they used to, this has been 2000 years, if they used to have the power to control human minds, but humans on the surface just got dimmer and dimmer and dimmer and so controlling human minds meant nothing if that power just means nothing and it's not like you're gonna do oh, it to your own people that's right. pretty cool the because the people in power. charge are the apes you have no power anymore right uh that's interesting or if they were able to control and like form like a barbarian horde of feral humans yeah. i actually think oh, if shit. you yeah. oh that's right? like maybe warlocks. they, they... Yes. These other humans have also been decreasing because these people have just been running them. You know so what I mean? You, that would be cool too. This is a good one. So if you, this is what, if the studio had been able to convince Charlton Heston to just full blown do a sequel, like, hey man, yeah, just fucking come in and just us. do the whole, do the whole thing. Like, we'll pay you whatever you want. We'll give the whole goddamn thing to charity. I don't give a shit. It, if it started with him we'll, getting we'll captured. We'll give the NRA so much money if you fucking <laughs> show up and do We this will movie. let the NRA put a plate at the beginning of this goddamn movie. If you show up to be doing <laughs> We will build dummy places that look like places you people like to go to murder others and stock it with clones so you can shoot away all day. Instead of this being <laughs> New York, we will make this underground Dallas, Texas. That's how we're dedicated. A Ponderosa. <laughs> a Ponderosa dinner establishment. That's what it'll be. But... If if you had made Charlton Heston, if you made Charlton Heston like discover these people, yeah. and then that's him. Like if he if like 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 Griffey was saying, like if you do the Matrix Reloaded thing where he discovers these people and literally just has to sit with them, 
for most of the movie. And then you cut back and forth between like the apes invading the forbidden zone and this guy realizing that literally nothing good has happened to humanity since he's supposedly gone away. Since at the curve. That'd that's a, a great fucking movie. Yeah, that'd be a cool Twilight Zone type thing too. Like like Griffey is saying, if if we could make them seem like they were truly um right. like had risen above, um and that they were they were living together and helping each other, and it was just like you know, like whatever kind of Planet of the Apes bullshit you want, like the people above right. ground didn't didn't work with each other. Look what happened. They became right. beings. Yeah, like right. whatever. Um, and Charlton Heston is like, I like it here. And then like whatever, it's just like time to pray. Everybody takes their faces off. And there's like that awesome. would have been a cool reveal. Totally. Yeah. It but that's the thing. Those mutants give you so many storytelling options that were just not explored. Whether yeah. they're controlling the feral humans, whether they've forsaken humans above ground and they're just like these, you know, mind-melding wussies, right? Whatever the the fucking word would be, right? Because we even get this moment where Nova finally says, Taylor, and that's what stops yeah. the fight, right? It's awesome. So we see that she is, again, there's no physical malformity that stops them from talking, right? So he is having an effect on her. Those humans above can become more. Right, so he's right at this fucking fulcrum of all these storytelling possibilities that just never come, and we just don't do much with it, right? And so that's what bums me out is I love the weird sci-fi elements of this. They have all the fucking fun stuff in the ingredient bowl, they just don't mix all the way, right? And I I know I keep doing what ifs, but like if they are the communists, right? The whole thing is. Their power is in illusion. The like USSR's right. power was in their propaganda and the fact they had a bomb. Like you're making a point. I see that you're making a point. What yeah. if the non-speaking people on the ground are their proletariat? They keep them from speaking using their mind control. Yeah, yeah. Hell I mean, yeah. if you want to go nuts, because clearly you oh, do. Totally. Let's go. Clearly, nuts. they wanted to go fucking insane. They <laughs> yeah, wanted to push it to the. You don't add fucking radi- irradiated mutants. To just wear robes like they yeah. they had somewhere they wanted to go with this fucking thing and they just it, never quite pushed it far enough right right it it's strange like you watch this movie and you can see they're trying to accomplish something like thematically like they're trying to push the story forward as to like what they're but i think because the mutants come in so late in the movie like so fucking late in this movie i had forgotten how long it took to get here like it's Again, <laughs> it's like 40 minutes. I'm like, this is a yeah. long nature documentary. Everything you remember is from this mutant scene. And this movie is like an hour and 20 minutes long. So 40 yeah. minutes. Is- <laughs> like everything I remember about, the- I don't like, I got to be honest. Like, other than Ursus's speech, I forgot almost everything else about this movie. Yeah. Except for, when they for get sure to being like, yo, the second human I've kissed, like she's developed a new kink for sure. Yeah, she's for sure. Uh, right. That lad she is fucking gone wild now. She's just yeah, she'll get fucking it. Fucking she'll, she'll get it. Uh, but yeah, it. But it ends in this very nihilistic place, right? I actually yeah. think the ending of this movie is awesome. I think Even the if it's great. not, I feel like it's it's so nihilistic at the end that I don't know if there's a different way to go. But I think for the movie they set up, right? So Heston, they they jump this guard and they see Nova get shot. And he just is like, we should let them all die. This is what it always comes to, right? He's all fucking <laughs> pissed off. And I was like, all right, we've seen a man finally fucking break, right? You've seen apes. You've seen mutants. 
Yeah. One thing he loved on this earth, maybe. We don't really know that much, but you know, at least the thing that he was interested in gets blown away. She is an innocent of sorts. Uh, he just fucking loses his mind, right? And then we go to this room where the gorillas are assaulting the the you know peace giving missile. All that shit really works for me. Yeah. But Jay, I'll I'll toss this to you. Did you expect this ending? Because I feel like especially a lot of us watch this, you know, younger guys, right? It's kind of this fun sci fi romp. Um, you know, subtext aside, this ending got fucking bleak. What did you? What do you make of this ending? What I make of it is there that the there is a message the message is that the cold war is not the right way the bomb is scary but they already did that with the first one i already uh but whoever was making this again remembered the things that the reviewers said about the first movie and they're like that last shot where it's all where it's just waves crashing we gotta leave people fucked up yeah. <laughs> uh, also, I don't want to make another one of these blow up the fucking planet. Yeah. Um, but sci-fi is fun, so we'll see you in the third movie. <laughs> yeah. Because this movie made money because they didn't spend any. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the subtext of this guy being like, this is our God. They waste him because he's different. And then they're like, bring it down with ropes. And Zayas is like, no, dude, it's a human weapon. It's dangerous. They're like, fuck that. Fuck that, let's like, do all it. right, I'm vibing with what they're putting down, right? This feels very, very I pointed. I love um, how dude, I love how the gorilla army waste. literally just turns into like drunk frat guys trying to pull down like a <laughs> like a yeah. statue. They're just climbing let's it, they pull it, it down. Uh they fucking waste other Taylor. So yeah. like truly completing his journey into fucking useless ass character. Yeah. They just fucking shoot that <laughs> motherfucker in the head. And then Taylor, I can't remember what he says, but he says to um Zayas, right? He's like, help me stop this. He goes, why would I help you? Humans are evil, right? And he's like still fucking spouting the party line. And Hessen's just like, you bloody bastard, right? And as he collapses on the nuclear detonator. Um, and then. Yeah, and then we just cut out to the It's a Wonderful <laughs> Life, Clarence and God. And that was the end of planet Earth, the little blue dot. <laughs> yeah, like, and I do. I love that. I, that, I love that, that, that too. Little, like, that little like all this was for nothing. Literally it's everything. Nothing. And if uh, if it if also points can... out that there's a god somewhere who's just like, well, that went tits up. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like we could, uh, yes. we could retroactively pretend that the movie, uh, the first part of the movie was pointless because that's the that's the point of the movie is just like <laughs> all yeah. this there is fighting, like this. All this these first this two god. movies have like a hardcore nihilism beat. So where it's much. just like they're gonna end like. Well, we fucked that up. Well, also, but, it's it's the apes again, right? So what yeah. they're saying is that anything that achieves a sufficient level of consciousness, this Fucks is the up. inevitable outcome of all of it. There will be fighting and power and greed, and well, we this will is that fucking doomsday annihilate everything. Thing. Like we're yeah. we're still re we're still doing the doomsday clock thing. Right. I think we're like ninety seconds to midnight. And I'm like, what happens when we hit midnight? Well, Are I we think just there's done? a lot of us that have no like, you know, oh, humans need to stay around. We're important. I think a lot of us are like, yeah, we kind of have fucked everything up. Yeah, yeah. Like when we go, it'll be like our own fault. This movie saying whatever comes to replace us, that's going to happen to them too. Right. Yeah. If you, if you are aware of your place in this thing and you have to confront your uselessness, right. In the grand picture of existence, someone's going to blow everything up. 
I wish Taylor had had a little bit more agency as far as pushing the button. Yeah. Um, because that would make his narrative go complete full circle from the moment we met him until now. Yeah. If yeah. he did Snake Plissken at the at the end of um, uh, Escape from was LA. that New York or LA? It's, Whatever. It's LA. Yeah. Um, if he just very rarely a- do you say a movie needs more Escape from LA. <laughs> Just that last shot, if they were if they were just like, there's nothing you can do. He lights up a cigar. There's always something you can do. And then like, <laughs> like, <laughs> he slams the button. Yeah, because yeah. he kind of does it as like a final sort of death like, spasm. Sort of just like, even like he just got shot and he just goes, whatever the 1969, 1970 version that you could get away with of just like, fuck it. And then push the button. <laughs> Just quietly to himself. Damn. I get that. You finally did it too. (laughs) (laughs) It does have this really cool event horizon moment. Yeah. yeah, I I love the ending. I don't know that it it feels like it somewhat undercuts the two movies we've just watched. Because it's so fucking pointless. I feel like. But see, like, Jay's got a point, though. Because, like, to me, (laughs) it is. Dude, this budget just got slashed. There's no way we're making another one of these. Just kill this fucker. <laughs> yeah. well, I understand, but <laughs> it leaves us thinking like the the apes like Cornelius and Zira and the humans like Nova that these people that like there's still a hope that things can go right. Right. They're just under the boot at the end. But of isn't this, it like, right? <laughs> right. Isn't it like the most that that's I think the, I think that actually is the saddest part. That's the true nihilism, like just like the true sadness of the end of the story is like Instead of thinking of all these, like, all the Zeras and Corneliuses and Novas of the world who are trying to, who see the world as something other than just like, oh, we're just going to repeat what we did the last time. Mm -hmm. Instead of that, no, fuck it. Everything needs to blow (laughs) up because that is. (laughs) But then we look toward the future, or should I say the past? And (laughs) Zera and Cornelius literally give us a second chance and reset the timeline because yes. it does end up towards the same end apes do evolve yeah. the world does get blown up but humans can talk this time the, uh, the next movie is a full-on bootstrap paradox right we've talked about yeah. this on the show before but there's a great opening of a doctor a doctor who episode where peter capaldi's addressing us the audience from the tardis right and he just says that one time he wanted to go meet Beethoven, I think it was, right? Because he yeah. loved Beethoven music. So he goes back to where Beethoven was supposed to have been born. And he meets this guy. He's like, hey, I'm Beethoven. He shows him all of his, like, famous compositions. And he's like, what? I don't play piano. Like, what? I've never written anything. Then goes home and, like, writes all this music that Capaldi loved, right? So it's where did the music come from the first time, right? The doctor shows it to Mozart. Mozart makes it so then the doctor can find it and show it to Mozart. That right. is exactly where we end up in the next film, right? Yeah, Is totally. this whole timeline led to Cornelius and Zero, who then go back and restart the timeline. Well, uh, um, I'm which gonna is pretty interesting. go ahead and question your police work there, Lou. Um, <laughs> because, because this isn't a bootstrap, bootstrap paradox because it <laughs> creates a new beginning. This is a whole new timeline. It changes things because by the time we're at Battle for the Planet of the Apes, we have um, apes and speaking humans working together. And it's because the apes didn't, the apes came up already knowing what was going to happen. 
the humans knew what was going to happen and they weren't led by the lawgiver they were they weren't led by an orangutan they were read, led by caesar a chimpanzee right. well ralph i'll question your police work because <laughs> that could all happen still in the timeline we'll fight about it over the next three movies <laughs> but no i i'm excited to get to the next two i really enjoy the next two i think they're super fun um this one again it's it's very memorable weirdly enough yeah. I think that's the thing. It's oddly memorable. <laughs> it's yeah. oddly memorable. And I think that's a credit, right? For a movie that kind of has some really big swings and misses. Yeah. It does connect I, on enough that it's still like a fun entry it, into the Planet of the Apes franchise. I think it's oddly memorable because it ends so... F it's ends so definitively. You're like, oh, Jesus Christ. That is... Because, yeah, it's like, that's depressing. Also, God comes in with a sweet voiceover he's like well i fucked that up i'll try That's again funny. Later. i always uh i don't know why when i was a kid i always considered that to be the lawgiver okay could be could be he's I mean, there yeah, god could, yeah yeah um whatever whatever deity whatever deity you choose for it to be it is just yeah, like one right. of those he's, guys like yeah. he's there he's their buddha or their yeah. muhammad like a real muhammad, dude who yeah. was back there somewhere saying stuff a real dude like, that's like murder and oppress another species on the planet. <laughs> but you're just like, well, you know, I don't know try who to the lawgiver later. was, but I'm kind of with him. Because in part if, five, they do have the lawgiver in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, so he is. Oh, it yeah. was at no, one okay, point a real I, orangutan. That's why I think that because at the end of a uh, battle or something, the yeah, lawgiver yeah. like talks to camera, right? That was a big thing as we finally saw the lawgiver. So. He was a person who became deified, or an ape that became deified. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's such you know a, who it is. It's a you know who it is, right? Movie. The lawgiver in, in battle. Who the actor? Who is it? John, John Houston. John Houston. Yeah, nailed it. Oh, that's a awesome. <laughs> How the fuck did they get John Houston to do that? Why We're gonna slap that? some makeup on you. <laughs> That's a great that's testament actually, to the franchise. That's actually something um, Ursus. So Ursus is this actor who was in the Manchurian Candidate. Mm -hmm. um, call, his name is uh, hang on. His name is James Gregory. He's uh, John Islin in the Manchurian Candidate. Mm -hmm. Originally, they offered it to Orson Welles, and Orson Welles didn't want to do it. Ursus? Yeah, Orson Welles didn't want to do it because he was going to be in makeup the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know about getting Orson on a horse at this point, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, he's pretty rotund at this point. Like, I think he's fully, like, just embraced his hedonistic lifestyle at this point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now you're getting me really excited to see Charlton Heston in ape makeup in 2001. Yeah. Yeah. Hanging out with Marky. Yeah, but, Marky. But yeah, uh, beneath is... <laughs> beneath is beneath and now we're above it's beneath we're yeah escape, now bro. we go now we escape beneath uh for the next planet <laughs> oh, of the we're about movie. to go into the swinging 60s baby hell yeah <laughs> i i love this one too conquest is the one too. i really like but it's nice to go back and watch uh escape to build into conquest so that's it for beneath the planet of the apes i hope you guys enjoyed the show uh we will see you next with escape from planet of the apes as it is damn dirty april and we're covering all these fucking movies so keep watching with us. Keep hanging out with us. Jay, tell the people where they can find you online. Uh, at Jay Rollins Art. J-A-Y Rollins Art. Oh, and last time I said, come see me if you're in Philadelphia on the 27th. I forgot this is coming out in April. Don't go 
to that place, I won't be there. <laughs> the 27th of April. It's our own go. time loop, yeah. Go. Our own time loop has been created. Go anyways. <laughs> I mean, just the tens of people that we're going to get to come to your show are going to be devastated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.